Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Hi, friends. Hello. Um, it's us. We're back. We hope you had a good weekend. Oh, yeah. It's Monday. Happy Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So if it's Monday, that means tomorrow's Tuesday, which means you know tomorrow means. the pumpkin spice latte will be available at all Starbucks. I got so excited that I lisped real bad there. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have to get ready because it's going to be all over our Instagram. You know oh, it. all over. I currently have a pumpkin pecan waffle candle lit as we record. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I am annoying people and I know it and I don't care. Mm. No. Because I know that come November 1st, everyone's going to be like, fucking Christmas. And I'm not going to say shit. I'm going to let them have it this year. Just this just this just this year last year (laughs) let me tell you i'm i tried i don't know wait no i didn't last year i didn't buy anyone presents (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think you bought me one it was your birthday that's why we fought about it oh fuck right yeah i forgot about that danielle's birthday is right before christmas it's really convenient (laughs) (laughs) it's great she loves it i absolutely love it christmas is my favorite but i don't even like pumpkin spice and I know. I don't know why, but I'm here for it. I'm excited for Tuesday just for holidays. She's just a supportive friend. She loves the fall vibes, though. She, she can't lie about vibes. that. Yeah. But pumpkin spice isn't for everyone. I can get that. As long as you just let me have it because it's the only thing bringing me joy this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've tried it. It's just not... I don't like pumpkin, so that's probably it. Yeah. And some of it's not done well. Like, the Tim Hortons one is very subpar. Oh, you need anything, to... Yeah. I'm sorry. Anything Tim Hortons besides, like... Black regular coffee. ass coffee yeah yeah and like um, donuts don't bother you should try the uh the the new cold brew they have like a pumpkin cream cold brew it's mm. way less intense cream it's really good sit very well with i it. mean uh. <laughs> just make sure i don't go out we're both yeah. lactose intolerant if we haven't said this before so and we don't care about it at all. well i don't care about it i think danielle cares a little bit <laughs> i care <laughs> i know i eat ice cream like five times a week it's fucking it's awful and every time i regret it but I don't stop. Mm-mm. Worth it. So, I guess I guess we'll get into it. Because it's episode 30, you guys. Episode like, 30, shit. another milestone. And as usual, you guys have been popping off. Yeah, thank um, you for listening to us. And wow, I'm actually... I, every every single time I look at the, the downloads, it just blows my fucking mind. So thank you. We love you. Yeah, we used to... It used to take us like a month to get a hundred downloads <laughs> a month or more and it's it's like days now at this point and that's just yeah. it's really oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> so this week uh because it's a big one or we feel like it's a milestone yeah uh we thought it'd be fun to look at some cases that feature two of our favorite things the paranormal and also murder uh we're really we're really bright people yeah, hey we are. <laughs> So this means our suspects are sort of from the spirit realm or in some cases from another planet altogether. Um, I'm going to start, I guess. Um, We're going to go back and forth this time because we each have a couple stories we wanted to share. And I don't know, we're just shaking it up, man. Keeping you on your toes. Yeah. I'm really excited for this episode, so... (laughs) <laughs> so uh i chose again as i said to do a few short cases because this is actually kind of f- hard to find shit on um mm. i guess people want to like not believe in the paranormal and they're like no this person just died there's that's it there's nothing else behind it um so a lot of the cases that i did uh, actually ended up being filed under like natural causes really? but they're very not natural at all so one would say that they are supernatural <laughs> <laughs> So, good one, Holly. With that, but <laughs> oh, that wasn't even planned. I'm just that funny. Um, so, our first case is that of Zygmunt Adamski. Um, Zygmunt and his wife Lottie moved to England from Poland in 1960. They lived a fairly average life. They were friendly with their neighbors, but they were mostly quiet and kept to themselves. Everything seemed fairly normal until June 6th of 1980. On this day, Zygmunt left the house around 3.30 p.m. to do some errands. Uh, He greeted a neighbor and headed off on his journey. When I wrote that, I pictured Bilbo in Lord of the Rings or or no Frodo. Actually, both of them. They both go on a journey, but that's what I pictured. I'm like like skipping along like the field. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I pictured. He's just on his way to do groceries or some shit. Um, (laughs) So he chose to walk to the local shops that day. So his wife knew that he would be a while, but Zygmunt never returned home that night. His wife knew he wouldn't just take off 
because their goddaughter's wedding was the next day and he would never miss that. Uh, unfortunately, though, he did miss that wedding and the days kept passing by without the slightest clue as to what happened to Zygmunt. Five days later, Zygmunt's body was found in a town called Todmorin, which is 20 miles away from his home. That's very he far. Was- What's that? Is that far? That's far, right? Um, I googled and it looked like from Toronto to like the GTA, like or Durham. Oh, okay, that's not far. Well, it's far if you're walking. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, girl, <laughs> it's kind of far. <laughs> um, so twenty miles away from his home, he was found in a coal yard five hours after the yard had closed. So no one was really on the grounds around the time that he would have been placed there. Uh, his body was resting on top of a twelve-foot pile of coal, face down, with no obvious signs of trauma. The first officer on the scene uh, reported the death as being a heart attack. Um, so they say he walked twenty miles climbed on top of a pile of coal and had a heart attack that's it. just like this is a good place to have a heart attack I'm not yeah literally right he walked all that way he sensed it uh he's like this is where it's gonna happen and he yeah so that, that obviously didn't happen <laughs> so the first major red flag in this case was the crime scene itself uh again zygmunt was found on top of a 12 foot pile of coal but somehow the coal remained untouched there was no rubble or any indication that someone had climbed the pile so if you're climbing a pile of like loose rocks rocks are going to fall you're going to have debris at the bottom there was yeah. none of that um there were no drag marks either so that would be something that would indicate that the body was carried up so yeah. the pile was just completely untouched it was fine but he was just on top of it um investigators tossed around this crazy idea that maybe he was lowered onto the pile from above the only way the pile would remain intact is if the body was slowly lowered and gently placed atop of it but how could that happen? He was in the middle of a coal yard, a closed coal yard at that, and there was no tire marks to indicate that a vehicle had been in the yard, nor were there any buildings or trees for someone to lower him down from. So, Zygmunt was missing for five whole days, as we mentioned, but he showed no signs of dehydration or malnutrition. He was well-kept and, weirdly enough, only had about one day's worth of facial hair growth. So, either he's, like, really bad at growing a beard or something fishy happened. Um... His shirt, watch, and wallet were all missing, but other than that, he was fully clothed in pants, a jacket, and shoes. His clothes were clean, but they looked as though they were put on by someone who had never gotten dressed in their life. His shoes were not tied properly. The buttons on his uh, jacket were, like, mismatched and fastened wrong, um, (laughs) and his pants were not done up. This led investigators to believe that he did not wander off and get lost, but perhaps he was abducted and kept by someone. Or something. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, the strangest piece of evidence were burns found around his neck and his shoulders. The burns were odd in their own, but on top of that, there was a gel-like substance found on them. The substance could not be identified upon analysis, so he was covered in an unknown goop. Um, his autopsy took several months to complete, as there was no indications as to what happened to him. Uh, the coroner determined that he had died sometime between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. the same day that his body was discovered, but that the burns were two days old, which furthered the theory that someone was holding him hostage. Uh, perhaps they tortured poor Zygmunt and he suffered a heart attack because of the trauma. Uh, yeah. That was the best theory that they could come up with. Uh, so that's how the death was officially ruled. I was he died of a heart yeah. attack? Okay. Yeah. Um, so they, they kind of believe that he was tortured by someone. Um, the, the one human theory I saw was that he gotten into an argument with a family member and this family member had him like brought to a barn or something, but it it was just really unlikely the way it was worded. Um, so several months after Zygmunt's death, the same officer who was the first on the scene had another strange experience. PC Godfrey was responding to a strange call from a local. The person claims that cows kept appearing and disappearing in his yard, not wandering in because there was no hoof marks ever found. Hoof. Hoof? Hoof? <laughs> How do you say that word? Paw prints. <laughs> I've no Cow problem. paw prints. Cow paw prints. <laughs> 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 but they were popping up out of the blue, beamed in, if you will. I hope they're you guys are getting cows. my little... Yeah, they're magic cows. I've, I've been dropping a lot of little hints here. I hope people are getting them. Um, Godfrey left the police station around 5 a.m. to investigate, but he was stopped in his tracks before arriving on the scene. He thought he saw an overturned bus in the middle of the road, but as he drove closer, he knew that he was very wrong. He described what he saw as a large diamond-shaped vehicle that hovered above the road. This vehicle was so big that it blocked the entire road. Um, There's a photo that I'm going to post on the Instagrams uh, of 
of Godfrey, Godfrey standing beside a chalk drawing of what he witnessed, uh, as he had a hard time describing it with words. And in case you haven't guessed for yourself, this vehicle was a frickin' spaceship. Um, Godfrey, <laughs> see my little hints? Godfrey claims that he blacked out for about half an hour after seeing the spaceship. And when he came to, he was in his police car, but further down the road than where he initially parked. He also noted that the bottoms of his shoes were torn up as if he had been dragged down the road. Godfrey participated in a hypnosis session and recalled in detail being examined by creatures aliens in this spaceship uh police wanted to keep this news quiet but unfortunately the town somehow found out about the officer's spaceship talk and they just about ruined his career with like shit talking him um yeah i like that they always do hypnosis with these kind of um no it's really smart Mm -hmm. because it's uh if your memory's just like covered up for lack of a better term then there's there's a way to get to it um so once it got out that he was quote, crazy, uh, he felt no ways about it, and he openly admitted that he believed the case that he had worked months earlier, the mysterious death of Zygmunt Adamski, was also the work of aliens. He believed that Zygmunt did not survive his examination, and they beamed him down on top of the pile of coal where he was found. Hmm. That's kind of crazy that, like, aliens would be like, let's stage this, because he died, and it's our fault, so we're going to stage his death. Well, so, someone said that uh, th- this cow thing was happening for a while in the town, mm-hmm. um, that the cows were disappearing and stuff. So there was already talk of aliens, apparently. Okay. And someone said that um, this family member that had him murdered just made it look like an alien did it. Okay. But, like, that still doesn't explain how he was, like, lowered onto Damn. the pile. Yeah. Like, it makes someone no sense. Just, someone just rented a fucking crane and mm-hmm. put it in a coal and just, like, hold on gently lowered him like it doesn't make sense to me it was no, aliens it, it was aliens. <laughs> I, I actually think it was because there's really no explanation no it makes no sense and Crazy. he did not walk 20 miles <laughs> i would walk <laughs> so i did that one for yelly's dad i just wanted to say actually there's two alien ones Ooh. that i had your dad in mind for oh danielle i called you yelly again <laughs> that's fine <laughs> They're going to be like, who the fuck is this bitch? But I don't yeah, actually I'm know Yelly. your real name. <laughs> no. Honestly, if you call me Danielle, I won't. Probably will never respond. Chances are she won't answer. Yeah. No, I won't. Um, so I guess we'll jump into mine. Um, so I'm going to talk about, it's either Peter Stump or Peter Stube. There's multiple ways this guy's name, last name has been um, written. And it's kind of like a folklore sort of legend type oh, of thing. Oh, okay. So that's why there's so many like versions. Gotcha. Um, but I'm just going to go by Peter because we know his first name. I like um, it. Yeah. So there isn't too much detail known about, like, Peter's, like, g- like how he grew up a little bit. Um, there is, like, a 16-page pamphlet that was published um, in London in 1590. It was originally oh, wow. written in either German or Dutch, but the one that was published in London was actually, like, a, a translated version, so it was translated to English. Um, there's also a diary from... Herman von Weisenberg. Wow. Which, yeah. It's a great name. German AF. <laughs> um, which kind of like details the same thing as this pamphlet, but that's really, that's all that's like going out there. That's out there. That's regarding the story of Peter, but it's a really interesting story. So I'm going with it. Um, so <laughs> Peter was born around 1564 in Emperor, the a village located near Bedburg in Germany. He was pretty, he was like a pretty wealthy farmer. Um, he was a widow and he had two children, a son and a daughter. According to the writings, he was extremely well liked within the village and was very well known because he's a wealthy farmer. Um, <laughs> there, that's, that's, that's all I got. That's it. That's it. I would befriend him also. Right? Um, it's also said that Peter um, was also missing his left hand. Like it had been cut off like from an accident, apparently. Oh, a farming accident, probably. So the village's life, wow, livestock, the village's livestock started getting attacked by something. Um, so many cows, pigs, and sheep were being found like completely ripped apart. Um, so something was attacking these animals, um, but the villagers weren't sure what it was. They were just like finding the animals like this. Um, and that's when women and children started going missing. Oh. So some of them would be found, and unfortunately, they were found in the same way that these livestock were found, so completely just destroyed, um, like torn to shreds. Ew. And some were just never found again. They just disappeared into thin air. 
Um, so obviously it, people started panicking within the village and people would only travel in large groups and they said st- they started like putting like traps out to try to capture whatever was attacking their people right um so one of the traps apparently caught what they thought was a werewolf but it escaped it, it actually like severed its paw oh in the trap yeah um to get away oh so it was like one of those like bear traps where it closes on like the animal's paw i think i know where this is going yeah. now yep <laughs> <laughs> so now the village is convinced they're dealing with a werewolf so not a wolf just a fucking werewolf because you you i feel like you could tell the difference yeah i think so too oh for sure um so now this actually went on for like several years so people still kept going missing livestock was still being attacked um if you knew like someone or if your child went missing it was just assumed that it was killed by this werewolf oh you're just like shit out of luck basically yeah that's it um in 1589 a group of men went out hunting um for this supposed werewolf and their dogs actually tracked down this animal um and they saw it and like they ran after it and it trapped it in like a little forest like you know um you have like farm fields but then you have like sometimes you have like really small forests. yeah areas. yeah in the middle yeah yeah it was like in one of those and so they went for it and then all of a sudden it just like disappeared and they couldn't find it but they saw they knew it didn't come out um and instead they found peter just casually walking along in this little mini forest just, oh boy just casually <laughs> yeah so peter, what a winky day yeah like what are you doing in this random little forest in the middle of a field um so peter was then arrested and was actually tortured and for like a confession um peter confessed to all of his crimes that were laid against him peter said he started practicing black magic at 12 years old in which he was able to make a pact with the devil the devil gave him a magic belt that allowed him to transform into a wolf so removing this belt would like turn him back into a human and then wearing it he would turn into like this vicious werewolf um they never found this belt that he said exists um going forward there's gonna it's just a huge trigger warning and i'm gonna get graphic and i apologize but it's just part of the story um so (laughs) just what we do here (laughs) yeah if you want to skip just skip like 30 seconds ahead um so peter confessed to killing and eating 14 children and two pregnant women oh boy yeah he also said he ripped the fetus out of these poor (laughs) ladies and ate them yeah ate them one of these 14 Damn. children was actually Peter's own son. Oh. And, yeah, and he ate the kid's brain. Oh. Yeah. So wait, did he... He cognitively did that? Yeah. Like, as a werewolf. He was like, I'm a werewolf, I'm a fucking eat. So then, like, as a human, was he like, oh, fuck, I killed my son? Or was know. he like... I don't think so. <laughs> I think he was just like, whatever. Let's, it's like a personality disorder kind of thing he's like oh yeah no that's well yeah if it's like satanic then that would no that makes sense yeah i kind of like though that it's not your typical like lunar werewolf yeah you know what i mean yeah that's different um so during peter's trial it was actually claimed that he didn't have a belt but instead he wore the skin of a wolf while doing these murders um so it kind of makes me wonder if he suffered from lycanthropy or trophy it's one of the two um so that's actually like a psychiatric syndrome where people believe that they can transform into an animal oh mm-hmm. and that's like so an, he just actual thought thing. he was a werewolf but actually he was be. just a savage killer yeah so he's one of the oh. two he he says that he is well he did say that he was an actual werewolf and he was given this gift by the devil yeah whereas some people are like no this is actually what happened which is kind of interesting oh, i like that yeah yeah um, so Peter was obviously found guilty, um, but he was also found guilty of being a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, not just murder. He was guilty Which is of being a crime, a werewolf. you guys. <laughs> yeah, and he was sentenced to death. Um, his death was extremely brutal, and I'm obviously going to say what happened. So another trigger <laughs> warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, trigger warning. Um, Peter was put into uh, like strapped onto a wheel um where his flesh was pulled with, off with like hot pinchers like just ripped his skin off with these hot oh prongs my God. yeah all of his limbs were broken with the blunt side of an axe head he was then beheaded and burned on um uh like hay thing like a hay bale yeah, yeah. kind of thing 
this is already very fucked up, um, but this is actually there's more. Oh, (laughs) there's worse, and it gets even more fucked up. Um, uh, The villagers also killed um, his daughter and apparently his like rumored mistress. So she was like married, but was with him. Um, They were both subject to the same torture, and I believe they didn't do anything. Yeah, I believe they were just strangled and like not beheaded um god yeah they were all burned except for peter's head and authorities put peter's head on a pole to display in public that's gross yep they need to bring that back though for like child murderers and child diddlers and all that stuff because i feel like if that was still around ain't nobody doing it you know just stick your head on a pole in the middle of the street oh my god that was violent but he was (laughs) lightheaded very fucking violent but he was actually charged for being a werewolf I love that. <laughs> wow. It's fucked up. Alrighty, on to the next one. Um, I'm gonna start with a trigger warning. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> this is really, really gross. Um, there are pictures and they are really, really gross. I am not gonna post any pictures from this case because it's really, really gross. I'm gonna look up pictures as she talks. But they're really easy to find. Um this case also leans heavily towards alien abductions gone wrong. Um, it's, as I said, incredibly graphic, really gross. Uh, if you want to skip maybe, like, what, 10 minutes? I don't know. So, <laughs> in uh, 1994, I mean, why are you here if you want to skip? We're gross. <laughs> In 1994, an unidentified body was found in a reservoir near Sao Paulo, Brazil. I said that really bad. I'm sorry. Um, There were no traditional signs of a struggle, nor any signs of a weapon being used, but the body was mutilated in a way that investigators had never seen before. Um, Here is the graphic warning one more time. This is where it's happening. Um, So the body had perfectly round holes described as being quote cookie cutter holes because of how precise they were placed in several areas the upper arm the stomach and the legs the rectum and rectal tract had also been fully removed from the body. uh sorry had also been fully removed from the body leaving another hole um exactly where you think it is um <laughs> The autopsy would note that these were used as some sort of drainage holes for the organs as they were all missing. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) The holes were bruised in a way that would indicate some sort of suction was used to remove them. A vacuum, perhaps. Um, It was also noted that there was no blood in the victim's body. That was also completely drained. The victim's left eye, eyelid, ear, lips, and jawbone were all removed as well. The autopsy report, which is also online, but in Latin, what do they speak in Brazil? Portuguese? I have no idea. You're asking the wrong human. Gosh, it's not in English. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Notes that there is fluid on the brain, but no sign of direct injuries to the head, other than the whole leg missing jaw thing, Mm -hmm. um, which is usually found when someone dies in a traumatic scenario. So this leads investigators to believe that the victim was alive during at least some of the organ harvesting process. Um, So that that's the kind of thing that happens when like you know someone's being uh electrocuted or like tortured or you know what i mean like they're dying in a not great way i guess the brain produces fluid so it looks like they've been hit in the head okay but they have not okay um yeah this is gross that's Um, so gross the, yeah, the good news is this one's short. I'm almost done, I promise. Um, now, there's a slight chance that this could have been done by a human, but the precision of the holes, the use of vacuums, and the lack of any real evidence points towards it being an alien abduction. To me, it looks like a science experiment of some sort. When you see the pictures, it looks uh, as if someone wanted to learn more about humans and how we work, so they u- use this poor man as their test subject. Mm-hmm. Just the way, like, what was missing, um, the fact that they only took one side of his face, like, they only took one eye, one ear, one jaw, like, one half of the jaw. Yeah. Like, they just wanted samples, almost. Because I know, um, how, uh, like, in Brazil, I'm not, well, I don't know if it's Brazil, but I know in, like, some countries, like, people die because their organs are taken oh, yes. to be sold on the black market yes they wouldn't leave half of them yeah no that's very much a real thing especially in this area and the, the article i read did note that but mm. th- they said that this was different than any yeah. other harvesting that they had seen because they never usually take blood um yeah. it wasn't a hack job like i said the holes were like really precise like when you see the pictures it's a like a perfect cut hole it looks mm. like it was cut with a laser 
Um, I said it like Dr. Evil for some reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, there is a slight chance that it could be uh, done by humans. It just really, really does not look like it was. Um, the article I read from AlienVideo.net says whoever or whatever did this clearly did not care about human life. Uh, the fact that they would start harvesting the organs before killing the victim would indicate that they didn't care about that person at all. They uh, either knew they were in pain and didn't care or just straight up didn't realize that it would cause pain like if an alien was doing that they might not know that it hurts (laughs) you know what i mean like they're like i wonder why this person's making weird noises Hmm. that one's really short but it was so fucking gross that i just had to share it that is actually very disturbing and Um, the pictures they're really bad i don't they're um fair warning you see a wiener that doesn't look like it's in great shape and you see a gaping butthole that does not look like it's in great shape but it's yeah um, welcome to friday night with holly and danielle <laughs> thank you for ruining my life you are bro. so welcome i knew you would like that <laughs> i'll try to i'll try to lighten the mood with mine my story god i hope so <laughs> i my second story i'm gonna talk about arn cheyenne johnson i don't know hmm. if you know him don't it's a cool name though yeah um so i'm just gonna go right from the beginning i'm not really gonna explain much about him until a little bit later but i'll get into it are you hoping i piece it together i hope you do i hope i this is like it's a really big case and it's really well known but i was gonna cover it at some point but i thought i'd throw it in this one because it's 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 weird so we'll talk about it okay Um, let's go so on july 3rd 1980 in brookfield connecticut an 11 year old boy named david glatzell I didn't look up that this last name. <laughs> I think it's Gladsell. You got Sorry. one name down. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if, you, if I say something wrong, you guys, I don't care. You guys can yell at me. I'm, it's fine. I know I'm dead. Yeah, just correct us later. It's no big. <laughs> we um, don't care. <laughs> so David woke up from his sleep screaming, absolutely bloody murder. David said, and I quote, a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features, jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves had told David to beware. Um, this 11 year old literally just described the fucking devil. So, yeah. Um, according to his family, <laughs> David never watched scary movies. He never really made up stories. Um, and he never had nightmares. How old was he? 11. He probably watched scary movies when they he were. He probably, and <laughs> they just probably It's the first know. thing I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently his family said he was like good natured boy, wasn't yeah. into that stuff. Um, and he didn't have nightmares that were as vivid as this one um david continued having these nightmares and it changed his like his demeanor completely he started to be like very drawn back he was quiet he was shy and also very nervous around people Hmm. so david's sister um her name is debbie was engaged to a guy named arn johnson um the one i'm gonna talk about (laughs) um debbie asked if arn would come and stay with them to maybe like brighten david's mood maybe it would Mm -hmm. help um and she's obviously dealing with her brother so it's easier if he lives with them yeah um i don't know why they thought this would help like i I don't but that's just what i'm assuming um so david was still having his those nightmares and this devil beast he was talking about he was um he was seeing uh started to say that he was gonna come for like david's soul like he was coming after him yeah casual yeah casual um it also started to get like a lot worse so david started seeing this devil creature when he was awake so not oh. no longer in his nightmares yeah um he claimed that this so thing it's not would... freddy no it's not freddy no, we've ruled <laughs> that one out um he claimed that this thing would appear as and i quote an old man with a white beard dressed in flannel shirt and jeans so he was canadian obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah but <Boom. laughs> It's like an old dad joke. It's great. I love that. Um, So David also ended up getting like a lot of bruises and scratches um, on his body as well. Um, One night they all started to hear like a very strange sound in the attic. Arn had actually gone to check on like what this was causing this noise, but he didn't find anything in the attic. And when he went up there, it stopped. Um, 
So David's family weren't sure what to do, so they contacted their church. A priest had gone to their home and blessed it, but it didn't do anything. It never works. Why do people keep doing that? I don't know. Um, So David still had nightmares. He still kept seeing this monster thing, and it, like, really vamped up after this priest had been in the house and blessed it. Mm -hmm. Um, The attic noises got louder, and David was seeing this monster all the time now. So it wasn't like every other night. It was all the time. The priest always makes it worse. Yeah. Every day, every night. (laughs) I'd be so mad. (laughs) Um, I want my money back. (laughs) Right? Um, David also um, started to really change his, like, his demeanor even more now. Um, He would speak in multiple tongues. He would, yeah, he would yell and hiss at his family members. Oh, I sometimes I forget people can't see my face. I'm making a very shocked face. (laughs) Yeah. And remember, he's only 11 yeah um uh so david's family members including arn um would take turns staying up all night to watch david because he would wake up like every 30 minutes um and he would actually start having seizures oh wow as well yeah so this whole time this is happening the priest um and the people at the church were like aware of it and the priest reached out to our good old loving couple ed and lorraine warren ah our phases our phases um so the warrens agreed to visit their home um ed interviewed david while lorraine watched and she was actually interviewed years later by people magazine and in that magazine she is quoted and i quote while ed interviewed the boy i saw a black misty form next to him which told me we were dealing with something of a negative nature soon the child was complaining that invisible hands were choking him and there were red marks on him he said that he had a feeling of being hit so she mm. saw all this happening yeah um so the, <laughs> the warrens believed david was possessed by not one but 43 demons oh what the fuck yeah <laughs> and they decided to perform not one not two but three exorcisms with yeah. four di- four priests four priests you need a you need a full house with that jesus seriously lord (laughs) (laughs) um so during one of these exorcisms arn was present and he decided to be like that tough smart ass guy and taunt the demons and which we all know is a very bad move um i'm not sure what happened during the exorcism but whatever he did the warrens actually called the brookfield police department after and said they needed to keep an eye on arn oh yeah so the warrens were like this isn't good so you need to keep an eye on him so like maybe they saw a demon possess him yeah i don't know i don't know what they saw but they said they did oh so we've been thinking this whole time how do you determine that they're like how many demons are in there can you like sense each individual one like how do they know it's 43 maybe they had like um you know how he speaks like multiple tongues yeah that's that was the first thing i thought of is like the different languages and stuff and like maybe different voices yeah or you're whatever's like, oh, possessing creepy. him, like, admitted to that there's 43 of them in there. True. Yeah. Creepy. Um, so David seemed to get better after the Warrens conducted these exorcisms, and the family ended up taking him to a psychiatrist. So good job on you guys. That's very good. Yay. Um, according to the psychiatrist, David had a slight learning disability, but otherwise a normal kid, and things kind of got back to normal for their family. Um, Debbie and Arne ended up moving out of the family home and into their own apartment in November of 1980, so the same year. Um I'm pretty sure this whole exorcism thing down thing went down in October. So it wasn't too long okay. after they moved out. Um, according to Debbie, Arn had really started to change when they moved out. Arn would start um, to go in these like weird trances um, where he would hiss and growl at like nothing. Um, apparently, Ew. yeah, he was a doggy. Um, Can you uh, imagine him moving in with your boyfriend? And he starts, like, and he and starts fucking hissing and growling. <laughs> is that what i have to look forward to yeah literally that's that's all you got (laughs) um so apparently arn was known to be like a really really extremely nice guy like he was just a really good dude um he would give his own shirt um like off his back to a complete and utter stranger like he was just an overall good guy yeah Um, he was very hard working and just like just again like an extremely good dude um he also dropped out of school to get a full-time job to help his mom and he, like, Aww. bought her a car and stuff so she wouldn't have to walk Aww. to work. Like, he was a good guy. Yeah. Um, his, all like, his behavior now was obviously very, very weird. It was, like, a full 180. Um, he also started um, to say that he saw this devil, monster, beast man thing. Um, the same one David saw. Arn started to get into altercations, which resulted in incidences with the police. So he started getting 
well known with the police department um so debbie and Arn's sister wanda worked at a local dog kennel and on february 16th goals. right little <laughs> goals on february 16th 1981 Arn had called in sick which is rare but he called in sick and he hung out with debbie wanda and debbie's cousin mary at the kennel and i'm pretty sure mary was like really young like 10 years old like very young um alan bono showed up at the kennel so alan and um was debbie and Arn's landlord but he was also debbie's boss at the kennel oh okay um, small town right? <laughs> so for lunch they all went out to like a local par par yeah, it's so like a pub exactly. and a bar mixed together yeah that's where they went but no they went out to a local bar for lunch which is a great place to bring a child um where <laughs> reports state that i brought Arn... a baby to the tutor once <laughs> of course you did um so Reports had stated that Arn and Alan got extremely plastered. Um, once they <laughs> returned to the kennel, an argument had broken out between Arn and Alan. Arn started to growl and hiss at Alan. Um, maybe he was also a werewolf. You never know. <laughs> so Debbie started to freak, like completely freak out and get really worried. And she tried to get Wanda and Marie the fuck out of there. But Alan actually grabbed Mary. So Mary's like the young kid. Um, and he wouldn't let her go. Um, Arn then pulled out a knife and stabbed Alan in the stomach. Oh. Arn then pulled the knife up to Alan's heart. So he dragged it up oh, to his heart. Oh, gross. Yes. Arn continued to stab... I thought stab you said you were lightening the mood. <laughs> kind of lightening the mood. Um, so Arn continued to stab Alan a few more times before running away. Authorities ended up catching Arn and he was arrested on murder charges. Um, during Arn's trial, his lawyer got Arn to plead not guilty by virtue of possession. Is that Dave, a real thing? Apparently. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So David's story was brought up in court and everything that happened. And they assumed, like, they thought that one of the 43 demons that was possessing David actually jumped into um, Arn's body at that time. Um and Arn said that he had killed Alan, and I quote, while under the devil's spell. Um, it's the first ever case in the U.S. to suggest that this murder happened because of possession. The judge actually refused to accept it and, like, was like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. And Arn was found guilty of first-degree manslaughter by a jury. He was sentenced to 10 to 20 years. It so was that reduced- makes... Sorry? That makes it like an accident? Yeah, so it was reduced to manslaughter because the defense ended up saying that Arn acted in self-defense because Alan had Mary as like a hostage. So it was okay, re- yeah. reduced because it was yeah. considered self-defense, but he still served time. Like third-party defense or whatever? Yeah. Um, okay, fair. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this trial was a huge media sensation, uh, sensation. It was coined, and I quote, the devil made me do it case. Um, it was also made into a TV movie. It had Kevin Bacon in it. Um, I was going to say, there's a movie called The Devil Made Me Do It, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. Called, it was called The Demon Murder Case, this one. Oh. Um, it was in 1983. I mean, like, it was good because Kevin Bacon was in it. <laughs> I mean, I fucking love Kevin Bacon. Um, and also, I like bacon. I love bacon. <laughs> You're like, I just like bacon. But if you haven't already watched, um, it's what is it called? Oh, it's called... Um, you should have left it's on netflix but it has kevin bacon in it and amanda the girl from mamma mia Karen oh yeah yeah that it's uh, it's like a suspenseful horror movie this movie what's it maybe, called again um it's called you should have left okay and honestly if you don't want to sleep for the next week i suggest watching <laughs> it it's i think i, I mean i'm not really sleeping good. anyways so yeah <laughs> it's really good and kevin bacon's in it so it's great um <laughs> fucking footloose man can't hate i can't stand you <laughs> and tremors tremors come on okay tremors horrifies me i don't like worms oh, um right i forgot about yeah that. my my uh for fucking whatever reason my nana liked that movie and whenever it was on it. tv we, whenever it was on tv at her house she would watch it mm-hmm. my nana was like your typical old lady like she wore flower moomoos with pearls and always had a perm and like collected dolls and like her bed was fucking full of roses and shit and her favorite movie was tremors <laughs> i love that i fucking oh, josie. Love that. Oh, josie i love that um it's also it's emma's favorite movie too we used to watch it all the fucking time i remember watching it all the time yeah. there <laughs> it got really dumb after like the last couple of movies where like all of a sudden they're not worms and they're like little things with legs so 
and they're like running around with wings. It got really dumb after that, but the first couple. Well, were I didn't know there was more. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, um, wow. there's also an article I was reading that said that Lorraine Warren actually called the Brookfield Police Department again after the the murder had happened. So it was just the day after, saying that Arn was possessed. Oh, so she called to be like, "Hey, this guy's possessed, and this is why that happened." Um, so Arn only served five years. He was reported as a model prisoner, and Debbie and Arn um, are still together today, and they actually got married um, wow. right after he got out. Yeah. Um, so the murder of Alan Bono was the first murder that took place in Brookfield, Connecticut, ever. Oh, wow. Ever. Yeah. In, in 1980? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What a cute little town. <laughs> right? Um, so we all love those Conjuring movies. So the reason why I brought this one up is because in 2021 the conjuring 3 is being released and it's going to be called the devil made me do it which is about this case oh that's where i've been seeing mm-hmm. it yep. oh oh exciting i'm gonna have to watch the movie now that i know <laughs> go watch the one with kevin bacon sponsor us the conjuring <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love you that was fun yeah isn't I like crazy? anything to do with the Warrens. I don't know why. They just I always have them. the most, like, demonic, dark cases. <laughs> they really do. Apparently, in the, the, um, Arne's lawyer actually, like, flew out to the UK because there was a couple cases in the UK where they had the same kind of thing happen, and these people pled not guilty by virtual, like, of possession. Yeah. Um, these cases never went to trial, so... There was no, like, judge being like, hey, that's stupid. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> um, so, but he, like, flew out there to, like, talk to these lawyers and stuff and flew back and, like, did the, set it. And the judge was wow. like, no, nah, nah, that's not a thing. No. But, yeah. If, if they let one person do that, though, everyone would do that. Yeah. I was possessed by the devil. <laughs> the, the devil made me do it. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to have to watch that movie now. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. You Okay. You kind of lightened the mood. Yeah. Um. So literally when I wrote this, uh, what I wrote here was, all right, changing lanes a little bit here. Scared myself a little with the whole alien thing. (laughs) (laughs) I did scare myself. That last one gave me the creeps. Are you totally Um, down for this one? I, yeah. Yeah. This one's kind of a cool little ghost tale. Um, my first ghost tale, ah, um, other than my own, I forgot we did our own episode. That doesn't count. Um, (laughs) This next case is known as the Curse of the Chain Strangler. Uh, This tale starts way back in 1938 when a man named Carl Pruitt came home to find his wife in bed with another man. The man escaped at the window, but Carl's wife was not so lucky. He strangled her to death with a rusted metal chain, which was, I guess, just in his pocket. And I don't know if they just walked around with chains in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. Um, And once he realized... Yeah. Oh my God. Like the goth kids. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, that's what it is. That's what we're going with. (laughs) Um, once he realized what he had done, he took the gun or a gun, sorry, and shot himself. Uh, good old murder suicide is what I wrote there because I'm a sick person. Um, so his wife's family demanded that the couple not be buried together for obvious reasons and the town obliged. Carl was buried several towns over. Uh, visitors at the cemetery started to notice strange patches of grass growing on top of the tombstone and eventually they noticed that it seemed to be making some sort of pattern on the stone. Finally, they pieced it together. The grass grew into the shape of a metal chain. So it had like, Ooh, like a loops. You know what I mean? That gave me shivers. Um, and those chains kept growing into the shape of a cross um at this point the patches had stopped appearing so he literally made his own cross on his tombstone because i guess he didn't like his tombstone locals grew suspicious of this and started to look into exactly who was buried there when they learned of carl pruitt and his crimes someone took it upon themselves to smash the tombstone in an attempt to stop the big scary grass from growing or something um what happened next was much much scarier than grass uh when visitors looked at the gravesite again the tombstone was undamaged a group just of put teen- it back like he just like woke up and he's like i'm putting my fucking shit back together you fuck you asshole yeah. <laughs> uh, a group of teenagers were causing a ruckus in the cemetery when james collins decided it would be funny to throw a rock at the grave to try to taunt the ghost of carl pruitt um nothing happened until the boys started their trip home it's never a good idea to taunt ghosts never i don't know why people do it i do um, all the time but here we are 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> so the boys were riding their bikes home when all of a sudden a freak accident occurred. The boy who threw the rock crashed his bike and somehow became so tangled that he was strangled to death by the chain on his bike. How the fuck? Rumors started to fly in the town about how the ghost murdered the boy, and his mother simply couldn't handle it anymore. A few days after the death, uh, she visited the grave for herself and smashed it again with an axe. Uh, She was found a couple days later hanging from her clothing line. It was noted that she was not hanging in a way that would typically indicate suicide, but that she had been tangled up in the line as if it had been wrapped around her by someone and used to strangle her to death. Once again, the tombstone looked untouched. I feel like if Holly had, like, well, the clothing, clothing line, she was trying to, like, put clothing up there, she would probably get tangled up there and strangled. I could do it. Yeah. Oh, I could 100% do it. I could see how that would be an accident. But <laughs> in her case. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, so since the two strange deaths, the town exploded in a frenzy over the haunted gravesite. People would visit for a fun scare and to tempt fate. Uh, police officers were actually sent in to investigate the gravesite in an attempt to calm the town down. Uh, one of the officers felt the need to announce to the gravesite that he ain't afraid of no ghost. Uh, he taunted the spirit of Carl Pruitt and took photos to prove that he made it to the grave and survived. Uh, when the two men returned to their police car, they noticed a bright white light following them down uh, from the direction of Carl's grave. Ooh. The men began to panic and the driver hit the gas. The light was following That's the quickly. worst idea. No, literally. Like, panic slam on the gas. <laughs> I panic park a lot. When someone's behind me in the parking lot at work, I just kind of, like, swing into a parking spot. <laughs> oh, I did it once, and Stuart was behind me, and he literally got out of his car, and he's like, did you just panic park? I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he's judging. <laughs> uh, the light was following quickly behind them when suddenly the driver lost control of surprise and swerved off the road between two poles. The passenger, who was not making fun of the ghost, was thrown out of the window and only had minor injuries. He went to check on his partner, who was making fun of the ghost, and found him dead. Uh, Strangely enough, it wasn't the crash that killed him. When the pair drove off the road between the two poles, they unknowingly drove through a chain that was draped between these poles. The chain wrapped around the driver's neck so tightly that he was mere inches away from being decapitated. Uh, don't the last taunt ghosts, guys. don't taunt them. Uh, the last known victim of the ghost of Carl Pruitt was a man named Arthur Lewis. It was the early 1940s by this point, and he was tired of his neighbors gossiping about the haunted grave. He told his wife that he was going to prove them all wrong, and he marched on down to the cemetery with a hammer and a chisel. It doesn't make uh, you it- a big boy, like. Like, just stop. I'm going to fight a ghost. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, it was rumored that the people of the town could hear him hammering away into the night when suddenly they heard a scream. Uh, some men from the town went to investigate and found Arthur hanging from the cemetery gates, the lock chain wrapped around his neck. Several residents noted that they heard Arthur hammering onto the stone all night, but you guessed it, there was no damage done when they went to go look at the grave. Maybe he picked um, the wrong one. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, three blocks over. He's like, I can't read. I just, it looks like the right one. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, so shortly after this, a local mining company purchased the land and began to exhume bodies to be buried in other cemeteries, which is fucking really gross that people can do that. I'd be livid. You know what's crazy about that kind of stuff, though, is, like, they make the family pay. Like, if usually (gasps) in the case, like, the families have to pay to move them, and if they don't have enough money, they usually either, like, they'll remove them and just, like, put them somewhere, or they'll just leave them. That's so gross. I remember I you talking I don't think about they... that in your, your what, what, like, Welland? Was it Welland? Yeah. You, yeah. It, so it was something like that. But I'm like, I'm, I doubt they do that now, obviously. But, like, back then, they would definitely do that. Oh, I'd fucking fight someone if they tried to pull that shit on me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Carl Pruitt's body was sent to an unknown location, and the mysterious death seemed to disappear with him. The end. Wow. <laughs> I, wonder I thought Carl... that was a kind of fun one to end yeah. off on. I wonder where Carl is now. Um, so there's pictures online of tombstones that are allegedly his, but they're like, you can't read them. Uh, th- a lot of them look fake. Um, yeah. I did look into it. I'm going to try to find something to post on the Instagrams. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was it was a cool little spooky tale. That's actually insane. I've never heard of that one, but like that's, there's so many deaths associated with that. With yeah. And they're all well except the one clothesline but like close enough right he just found what was there (laughs) yeah so i'm just gonna wrap her up and it's gonna be fine (laughs) 
But like, guys, don't taunt ghosts. I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't want to get killed. I'm probably still going to do it. It's fun. <laughs> I love the 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 dramatics behind it, though. It's like he could have just like you know tripped them or like you know what I mean, like yeah. any other way. But he's like Mm-mm, this chain thing. It's sticking. <laughs> he's like, this is like some Final Destination shit, and I'm going to get graphic. Oh my god, with it you guys. is. Yeah. yeah, we love a theme, though. We do love a theme. We do. We're here for it. I mean, we're not here for those people's deaths, but like, don't no, talk ghosts. Don't talk <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> and with that. That was Let crazy. us know if you liked this episode. We had fun doing it. We were both so excited all week. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was I did too. It was yeah. good. So let Yay. us know. <laughs> and happy 30th episode. Happy 30th episode. Cheers. With our water and tea. I'm literally drinking water. I'm so tired. I have green tea. I'm sober. Um, I'm sober now. I'm sober now. Fuck. I can't stand you. Happy Monday, friend. <laughs> um, but if you want to come talk about these crazy stories with us, you can find us on Instagram at a spooky hour podcast. You can find us on Twitter at spooky hour, and you can email in your crazy spooky stories at the spooky hour podcast six 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 at gmail dot com. Send those stories in because we almost have another episode and I'm really excited yeah. to read them because we got some great ones. I am so And we're not telling share. you when we're dropping it again. It's going to be another surprise. So like the deadline could be tonight for all that you know. Yeah. So get It's your, not, but <laughs> Get your scary, spooky, murdery stories to us and we can talk with you guys and shout you out and do all that fun stuff. Yeah. And like I said earlier, we're trying to get back on the Twitter thing, so please follow us there. Yeah. It's it's I think it's easier to talk on there a little bit like one on one style, but yeah. And uh, I just want to say thanks to everyone that uh, reached out about Kylo. She um she's doing Aww, better. Did people message you? Yeah. Aw, that's so nice, guys. She's doing a bit better. Um, we're we're thinking it's going to be surgery because every day her knee goes out, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I promise I'm a good dog mom. <laughs> no, she really is. This dog is just. Uh... She's a walking disaster. She really is. I feel so bad for her. I'm just going to make her a bubble. To live That's in. what she needs. I love her so much, though. Yeah. <laughs> the poor thing. Well, cheers to Kylo. Cheers, cheers to you guys. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.